0: We all feel better in the dark. We all, better. we all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark. And now our featured presentation. Hello! Welcome back to Better in the Dark, the sci fi fan radio's exploration of science fiction, fantasy, and horror films. And of course. I'm
1: Derek Ferguson.
0: And I'm Tom DJ. And this is, of course,. You the let s- me
1: go first this time. Why not? That's very thoughtful of you. Thank you.
0: Well, I figured we'd switch off. Oh, okay. We are here for the second in our periodic preview specials where we look at upcoming science fiction, fantasy, and horror films. This time we're going to be covering the months of May through July of 2007. As with the first one, we went to RottenTomatoes.com to get all the information.
1: Well, you did actually. Okay, I did. Because, folks, he's conscientious about this. Me, I'm a lazy git. <laughs> I just let him do all the work and make
0: me look good. We we're in the middle of the summer season, so we've got a lot of fairly big-name releases. Now, we we're covering Spider-Man in its own episode, which you've probably already heard. Later on, we we're also going to be covering Fantastic Four, which is also coming out in this period, in a later edition of the Marvel at the Movies series. You just wait for those episodes you know to why. show up. You
1: know why, we don't mention it.
0: But we've got a lot of good films to share with you and once again as with always we're just going to throw out the names and we'll give you our per- impressions and we'll find out later as you'll, you'll find out in an upcoming episode where we tell you what we thought of the films we did see from this list how right or wrong we were so we start with since we're not talking about spider-man 3 in this episode 28 weeks later directed by john carlos franz Nadila, starring rose burns jeremy renner Catherine mccormick
1: you pronounced that name a lot better than I would. <laughs> I would have pronounced it completely different. Did you look it up? I, no,
0: I was totally no. flying no, blind. No, I
1: was just saying, don't be embarrassed because sometimes foreign names you don't want to get a messed Right. Up, you
0: know? Now, I, I, this is, of course, the sequel to, to one of your wife's favorite zombie movies.
1: Yes, 28 Days Later. That was like a surprise hit when it yeah. came out.
0: But the first one was directed by Danny Boyle. Danny
1: Boyle, yeah.
0: Who was famous for train spotting. He.
1: The movies he had made before Were so totally unlike this I think that's what threw a lot of people off right. They didn't expect him to make a movie like this which
0: is Well the thing that I liked about 28 Days Later It was a big Danny Boyle love letter To the George Romero zombie picture Oh yeah Each of the three acts represented each of the each three of the
1: three George Romero zombie uh, Dead movies The first act
0: was either Living Dead then you had the Dawn of the Dead sequence where they're traveling up to the military base. Then you got the Day of the Dead sequence.
1: Right. Which two took place inside the military right. base. Right. Matter of fact, they had one scene mm-hmm. that was virtually duplicated from that movie where they have the zombie that's chained up yep. in the basement and they're mm-hmm. trying to teach him how to right. do various things. And
0: also, the other great thing about 28 Days Later which was the first time many Americans saw the ninth Doctor Who, Mr. Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. I, it was funny, because last night, uh, Channel 21 here in New York is re-showing the first season of Doctor Who.
1: Only really? they're doing
0: it from the BBC originals. Portions that were cut out from the Sci-Fi Channel version. And they just showed World War Three again. Okay. The first two-parter. There are some moments where the Doctor is running around with the Honor Guard from 10 Downing Street, where I had some 28 Days Later flashbacks. Yeah, I can Flashbacks.
1: Imagine. A lot of people didn't like this movie because this is the one where this got started the whole zombies on Mm -hmm, crack thing. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing is,
1: it's a very
0: unique-looking film because it was shot on high-definition video. Yeah. They did some special treatment tricks to to the rage victims. These characters aren't technically zombies. I love this concept, the concept of the psychological virus.
1: (laughs) The virus
0: that affects the emotions rather than the physical body.
1: that turns people into, uh, what, like, homicidal, homicidal maniacs? Homicidal
0: maniacs. Before we started, we were talking about the crazies. This owes a lot more to the crazies in its concept oh, right. than it does to the George Romero film. That's what I
1: was thinking about when yeah. I saw it 28 weeks later. Because in the crazies, it was right. the same situation. It was a virus that it got loose and turned people into homicidal Now, Boyle is
0: producing, obviously this is a different director. Yeah. There are a different cast. Yeah, different characters. The plot that we have here, and all the plots are taken directly from press releases, so forgive us if it sounds hyperbolic. It picks up six months after the rage virus has affected the British Isles, and the U.S. Army has declared that the war against the infection has been won, the reconstruction of the country can begin, and as the first wave of refugees return... A family is reunited, but one of them unwittingly carries a terrible secret. My guess is, considering the nature of the film, he's infected with the Rage he's Virus. infected
1: and it starts to crapple. all starts over again. starts to
0: all over again. I like the first film enough that I would like to see this film.
1: Well, I have no choice to see it. Oh, but yeah, like of course. I was telling you. Because Pat wants to see she, it. My wife has got turned on to zombie movies, folks. She says, first day this comes out, we're going. Right. So I have no choice but to see this one. But I'm looking forward to it. I like the first one a lot. And I'm really, really looking forward to this. One. I'm
0: wondering if they are going to continue the same visual stylization as was in the first film.
1: Because they might not, mm-hmm. because now that visual style has been copied so right. much now, and we've seen it so much. When we first saw in that one, it was like, wow, this yeah. is something fresh and new. But now there's so many other people that have copied that. The next one
0: up on our list is one that might be familiar to people who heard the first preview episode, Captivity, Roland Jaffe's story of two hostages being captured by a serial killer and they have to work together to overcome the serial killer.
1: I think I saw something like that on a Lifetime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the reason it, it sounds familiar is that it was originally supposed to be released in March, but they've held it over for some reason to May. Which is always, as we've stated before, never a good sign.
1: But that plot there, Yeah, that sounds like the plot of half of Dean Klutz's book. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. You uh... But it's Roland Jaffe. Yeah, exactly.
0: And Roland Jaffe is a very interesting director. Speaking of interesting directors, you remember William Friedkin. Sure. Who doesn't remember William Friedkin? French Connection. The Exorcist. The Exorcist, yeah. And of course there's also The Guardian.
1: I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, that
0: was terrible. The problem with William Friedkin, he's like the girl with the curl. When he's good, he's great. When he's bad, he's terrible. You remember Deal of the Century? Chevy Chase, Sigourney Weaver... It was a satire, Gregory Hines. Of, yes, satire about arms dealers Oh, it was that was terrible.
1: I don't think I ever finished watching. I remember years ago seeing it on like HBO. And I saw that I, in
0: the theaters. I was an idiot.
1: <coughs> there really must not been anything I was yeah. playing that day.
0: Well, anyway, he's back, and he's doing a horror film called Bug,
1: okay, which is
0: not a remake of the William Castle film. It stars Ashley Judd. Harry Connick Jr., Lynn Collins, Brian O'Byrne, and Michael Shannon. In it, a lonely waitress with a tragic past, rooms in a rundown hotel, living in fear of her abusive, recently paroled ex-husband. But when Agnes begins a tentative romance with Peter, an eccentric, nervous drifter, she starts to feel hopeful again, until the first bugs arrive.
1: Again, it sounds like something I saw in a lifetime.
0: They mean bugs literally. Really? In this movie. This is an actual, all-out horror film. So,
1: Freakin is reviving the, right. the terror insect. Remember back in the 70s, like a whole thing?
0: I think it's more along the lines of, remember the Tingler? Yeah. That's what I think it's more like, because apparently these bugs get into their body Mm -hmm. and start affecting their sanity. Okay. They start behaving more and more paranoid and irrational. Supposedly, it's based on a stage play, so it is a one-set piece.
1: Well, Free Kid hasn't had a real hit since when? He's been
0: out of favor. He's been in what? Hollywood saloon likes to refer to as director jail for quite (laughs) some time because he hasn't done a major motion picture for a while. The last one I remember is a film called Rampage that ended up being direct-to-video.
1: I think what the problem is is that his style of filmmaking is just not in style anymore. You know, because he made the French Connection way back in the early 70s. Yes, and remember uh, like Sorcerer? Sorcerer. In the seventies, he was he was the, the man. man. He was God back in the seventies. But they just said, his style of filmmaking. They simply don't do it anymore. Still, it'll be interesting to see what he does with. Something I mean, like the just. thing
0: worries me is the fact that it is going to be a one set piece. It's this apparently Ashley John and Harry Connick Jr. in this one little motel room going crazy at each other. You really have to have a lot of visual style to make something like that work.
1: But, but then again we are talking about the guy Who did the virtually The last 45 minutes of The Exorcist In that yeah, one room exactly. and, what that he, was... and what he did in that one room But Derek man. that was William Friedkin Circa
0: 1972 we're talking about William Freak and Cirque in 2007. True that, true that. Okay, one of my favorite directors, John Frankenheimer, in 1968, when he was doing Seconds, and he was and doing Manchurian, Man- Manchurian oh, Candidates.
1: Seconds! One day we got to do an episode.
0: Just about I think we seconds. should do a whole episode on Frankenheimer one of these Just days. Just on
1: Seconds! What that
0: but, makes... you know, with the exception of Ronan, his last... Five or six films Before he died Were pretty awful Yeah Ronan was like The last Ronan was great, the last yeah, Great one That was the last
1: Great one for Frankenheimer yeah, But then I, you I have agree. Something
0: like The Island of Dr. Moreau oh. Which was just I, Terrible But that was doomed from the start Right had, the Richard Franklin's film That if you picture remember. was cursed I remember seeing that Because of course Being a Frankenheimer fan Yeah I wanted to see this film, and just seeing it at the Ridgewood Fiveplex, which is right next door to me. For those of you who don't know, like, you you need to know this, I moved into my apartment because right next door to me is a movie theater.
1: Nothing wrong with that.
0: And I remember seeing it at that movie theater and being like, what the
1: fuck? was the last Great Frankenheim movie. After that, he kind of lost his way, poor man.
0: Agreed. But... I think we got to keep that in mind, that this is William Friedkin at the twilight of his years yeah. and not at the strength where he was doing The French Connection and Sorcerer. Because like, he's 80 now? He's getting on in years. Yeah. Next up, probably the other major tentpole film in May, besides Spider-Man 3, the one that everybody wants to see. Not me, because I haven't seen any of these films and have no you interest have, in this one.
1: No, you haven't seen any of the Pirates movies? Nope. Why not?
0: Doesn't interest me. Okay. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Supposedly this one was shot back-to-back with the second one, so it went right into... You
1: know why they did it? Because it is really strange. When I was watching the second movie, when I got to the end, Mm -hmm. I realized what they had done. What had they done? They had remade The Empire Strikes Back. For those of you that saw the second movie, you know what I'm talking about. They had a whole sequence at the beginning that was like the Hoth sequence. They had nothing really to do with the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. where Jack Sparrow was... On this island of cannibals. And then we meet the villain, Davy Jones, who... The squid face guy. The squid face guy, who's basically Darth Vader. Right. And his ship, the Flying Dutchman, is the Superstar right. Destroyer. Mm-hmm. They go through this whole thing where they have the three heroes, who mm-hmm. are Jack Sparrow, and they have the Orlando Bloom character and the Kira Knight character, who are uh, Han Solo, Luke or Skywalker, Skywalker and Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Break them up. They go on their own separate adventures. Does that make Chao Young fat...
0: Boba Fett?
1: Yeah. I, I or is well, he Lando Calrissian? No. Jeffrey Rush is Orlando Calrissian. Okay. Okay. Because he he used to own the Black Pearl, right. which Captain Jack Sparrow okay. has now. Like Empire Strikes Back, it left off on a cliffhanger right. where Captain Jack Sparrow was eaten by the Kraken and taken to Davy Jones' locker. So now in this one... It's all of the world's pirates Gotta get together And save Jack Sparrow Friend, hilarity will ensue I guess
0: The two major additions To the cast We've made reference to one already Chow Yun-Fat Who
1: at one time
0: Was the coolest cat in the world I'm somewhat surprised At how He's gone out of disfavor In the last couple of years He was once the kicker of much ass.
1: When he was with John Woo and they were mm-hmm. making stuff like The Killer and right. like
0: Hard Boiled. You gotta, you gotta love a film that has a 40 minute gun battle where the hero is carrying a baby the
1: whole time. I'm, that Hard Boiled, I tell everybody, it's like all three die hard movies in one. It just cannot be topped. He's falling out of favor, and John Woo would fall. Right. These are two guys, basically, Hollywood is Destroyed their talent. It has. It's, they've never reached the level of success that they did when they were in Hong Kong. So it's not surprise me that Jackie Chan, for example, has gone back to Hong Kong. Well, he got smart. <laughs> you cool. know,
0: although of course we've got next year to so be a film that teams him up with his era parent, Mr. Jet Li. I got to admit, I want to see.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see that. But you know, he is making a to rush out with three. He may end up covering that in the next preview special. Maybe. I think it's even, coming out in September. Maybe you will allow one because I hate okay. movies. He <laughs>
0: can't <laughs> stand Chris Tucker.
1: And me and my wife were talking about Chris Tucker the other mm-hmm. night because I've seen him on interview shows and yeah. I've seen him in other things. He does not talk like that in real life with that squeaky, well, wide you know voice. It, it doesn't
0: surprise me. I think I've told you this story before, but I guess I'll share it with the audience. Here, go ahead. You remember Gilbert Gottfried. Sure. Famous comedian with that, right? with that weird voice. Yeah. Many years ago, when I was very, very poor, agreed to do a day job as a background dancer for... Do you remember the old USA Up All Night program? Yeah. This was a late night program there where Gilbert Gottfried would host, with introduce two movies and do little comedy sketches in between. Yeah. My friend... Who I work with at Fangoria Mike Gingold is a friend of Gilbert Gottfried's Okay So he actually got me an in to meet with him for a few minutes Really? So I went up during lunch break mm-hmm. To introduce myself I'm not exaggerating I said the man had the most beautiful speaking voice I'd ever heard I
1: couldn't believe it I
0: And it was me. just so surreal That here was this guy who I'd only known as Ah oh, wow well, this is
1: what a Yeah and
0: It was so, such a shock to me
1: Chris Tucker has he- You know, well, I don't know how beautiful it is, but he has a pleasant speaking Mm -hmm. voice. As an actor, the only movie I've ever liked him in, even though I've Mm -hmm. heard, everybody keeps telling me I have to take money talk with uh, Charlie Sheen. They said, Mm -hmm. that's very good. But I saw Fifth Element. And he worked in (laughs) that. The moment he came on was when that film lost me. But because the movie has got so many bizarre characters anyway, he's just another Mm -hmm. bizarre character. When he does that voice... Okay, I will admit that
0: weird, high, squeaky helium voice works in the context of that film. That film's world is so on acid to begin with. Mobius on crack. The other addition to the Pirates of the Caribbean cast is... In a prime example of what stunt casting is... Mm -hmm. Mr. Keith Richards playing Jack Jack Sparrow's Sparrow's father.
1: Well, that had to happen. As you know, the famous story is that right. he based Captain Jack Sparrow exactly. on Keith Richards. From what I heard, you know, when Keith Richards found out about this, he's been asking right. ever since then. You Can know, I let be me in just, the movie? Yeah, exactly. So I'm Where did
0: the lights? <laughs> yeah. I, Let me tell you something, people. When the apocalypse comes, there's only going to be three things left on this earth. <laughs> Cockroaches, C.D.s, and Keith Richards. They haven't made the drug yet that can kill this man. You you and I feel kind of hungover. We take an aspirin. He feels hungover. I need new blood. (laughs) (laughs) They have not made a drug that will kill this man. He's married. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: He's married to, like, some 20-year-old girl? Yeah. Jeez Louise. And according to what I've read and heard, he has not slowed down. He'll snort, sniff, shoot, drink some... Case of liquor every day, and he keeps going out there.
0: Well, I think it's no great secret. No matter what we say about this movie, it's going to make more money than God ever allowed. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. The pirates movies just never appeal to me, so okay. I've never gone and see it. It's okay. not that I have any malice towards them; it's just
1: n- not for me. It's just not your thing. I find that refreshing. I like that. Nowadays, you got this thing that you tell people: Fences, Survivor, American
0: Idol. Well, you see, okay, for American Idol, I love watching the auditions, but after that, I'm
1: not interested. But I tell people all the time, because they say, oh, well, did you see So, some... Well, no, I didn't see it. Well, why not? What's the matter with you? Well, nothing, ma- it's just not something I'm interested in. You know, and I don't understand why people feel the pressure to watch something, just because everybody right. else likes it, or everybody Okay, else here's wants another example,
0: because this is a film that, even though it's not on our list, mm-hmm. is also coming out this same month. Shrek. Right. I have no interest in CGI cartoons. The only CGI cartoon I've ever watched in the last 20 years was The Invisibles. and That's because it had a certain... uh, It was supposedly... Everybody told me it was the Fantastic Four movie that should have been. Which it was. Yeah, exactly. So I enjoyed that. But it's like, I'm not interested in Shrek or Toy Story or Cars or Ratatouille or any of the other... But (laughs) my friends look at me like, what sort of disease do you have?
1: If you're not interested in it, you're just not interested Well, I think it's, once
0: again, it's one of these things where there is this belief in the world that popular equals quality. Yeah. There is a lot of things that are popular that are crap. Mm Mm-hmm. God, Falcon's Crest was one of the longest-running
1: soap operas on the air. I never know anybody who ever watched the show. It's like this show that they got on now, Prison Break. I oh. can't find anybody that watches it, but supposedly mm-hmm. it's this big hit. If you're not interested in something, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Maybe one day you'll decide. Well, well you let know, me
0: pick up the DVD. Let's say if I go to FYE and maybe I'll pick it up if they have it on the discount bin and the five dollar bin. Yeah, it's like I mean, part of the problem I find with DVDs right because when I first got a DVD player, I bought anything. I think that and you now, have that tendency right. that when
1: you first get a DVD player uh, you go around you just buy up everything.
0: Whereas now it's what happens occasionally I like Jack Black and Ben Stiller right. I'll buy this thing Envy and then you watch and you realize what total crap it was so I'm a little more cautious about it sort of like, like it for $5 or $7 right. at FYE maybe I'd pick it up maybe I'd like it.
1: But right now it just, it just doesn't interest and if me. And not I'll do that myself. If it's yeah. a movie that I'll see yeah, maybe I want to watch it. Maybe I say so I will wait a couple of months and maybe I'll see it in the five. Or if I go to Walmart, they usually have a big box right. for eleven. Mm-hmm. If this in there, then I'll get it and I'll watch it. Okay, this way, if I watch mm-hmm. it and I don't like it, I don't feel too
0: jerked off. I was in Hollywood Video two Sundays ago, and they had a big box of three for eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And I picked up something about Mary, which I have seen before and I really really enjoyed. Okay, so I picked up the player. I have not seen, but it's Robert Altman. I love Robert Altman. You'll enjoy it. I figured I would enjoy it.
1: You will. And
0: I ended up picking up Strange Brew. Once again, had never seen it before. Okay. But know how much I enjoy SCTV. And the thing is, I have a lot of things that I'm watching right now in Mm. preparation for the shows. Mm. But one of these films I end up not liking. I'm not going
1: to feel bent out of shape, because it was only $6. You're right. You didn't spring... You know, 25 bucks right. to watch it. Which, if you did, then you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah you would be pissed mm-hmm. off. But anyway, we're getting
0: away Wait, from what? ourselves. So the thing was, I was almost tempted to pick up League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is also in that box.
1: You've never seen League I of Extraordinary Gentlemen? i never
0: Ghost? seen it because I could see what a disaster it was.
1: Okay. I thought you'd seen it. Nah. I'll lend it to you. I got it upstairs. Uh-oh. I'll let you over Anyway,
0: next up. Oh, Mike, you should see the press release on this one. This is Paprika. This is a, an anime that is going to be getting wide release director is satoshi Kon. it's a future film where doctors are developing a groundbreaking new psychotherapy treatment called pt this thing is so complicated so just bear with me for a second people this coincides with the invention of a device called the dc mini which enables researchers to enter the dreams of a subject and explore matters of the subconscious mind but one day a dc mini prototype goes missing and the doctors are thrown into a world of confusion they realize how dangerous a turn of events could be and to ensure that things don't spiral out of control they embark on a mad quest to track down the missing prototype and a whole lot of other crazy stuff happens am i the only one who's thinking dreamscape I don't have a lot of information about how these things gross, but anime doesn't do very well when it's released wide, does it? Unless it's uh, tied in with a...
1: As far as I know, the only anime movie mm. that really did good was... And well, that was like 20 years yeah. ago. Akira? Akira. That's what I'm thinking of. That was the only one that really did big box office. Well, I can't think of anything else that really did... Well, you there
0: was the Pokemon movie that uh, had a tie-in. Yeah. I think anime is that it's more for the art house circuit at this point even this point where manga is more popular than american comics right now you know there are only two anime i have time for what's that cowboy bebop oh yeah well, and samory champ that's the well, same directors
1: i looks like think a lot of people go to the movies and see it, yeah. but i
0: think they get the dvd seems like anime is more of a direct-to-dvd market yeah. although i admit if it had been near me i would have gone to see the cowboy bebop movie in the yeah. theaters hey, they're going to release a, a Samurai Champloo movie somewhere mm. I will go and see it okay? because I love those characters and I love that particular director's vision of the world which is this weird sort of conglomeration of music and mm. pulp styles and yeah. stuff where everybody lives in their own little sort of world
1: mm-hmm. which is several different worlds at once yeah it's like four or five different right. worlds all I mean, blended together and on the surface, you would think, well, there's no way that you can make this work. But it does. And when it does that, it gives it such a multi layer right. that feels a lot like actual life is going on. Especially the Cowboy Bebop. Oh, Bob, yeah. Oh I, mean, oh,
0: I love that. I mean, that. they
1: could rerun that up the wazoo. I wouldn't care. And I love
0: the fact that it's a finite series. There's no possible yeah. way it will go on.
1: It has a definite start, middle, and end. Right. Classic stuff.
0: So another thing that is probably going to be hitting the art house circuit is Watched? Now let's see if I can pronounce this one, Timur Bekmambetov.
1: At least you took a crack at it. This me.
0: is the sequel to the largest <laughs> grossing film in Russian history, Nightwatch. Supposedly it's a much different film from the first one. It's a little lighter okay. than Nightwatch, but it's the same sort of setup where you have the supernatural characters on one side, you've got the natural characters on the other side in this kind of covert war on and around post-communist Moscow.
1: Oh, so it's Underworld. I think
0: the first one was made before Underworld was made. But the thing that, that supposedly is really, really great about this is that it's very steeped in Russian mythology. So oh, it's not just okay. vampires and werewolves. They're werewolves, it's... I gotcha,
1: I gotcha. Oh. I, I haven't heard about Nightwatch, but after listening to you, now you got me intrigued. Yeah, Watch is
0: out on DVD, and I think we could, well, you could probably pick it up fairly easily okay. and check it out. Cool. Well, I know that we're not going to spend a lot of time on this next one. Hostel Part 2. So, directed by our bestest friend in the whole wide fucking world, Eli Roth. Stars are Lauren German, Bijou Phillips, Heather Matarazzo, and Richard Burgi.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I like I, Richard Burgi. Okay,
0: like... we apologize for you guys having to be in this film. I detested this first film
1: so much. Hostel was one of the most reprehensible movies i have ever seen If folks if you see hostile don't be fooled by quentin tarantino's name on it because this is what happened my wife patricia lovely woman that she is she saw quentin tarantino's name on it and she knows i like quentin tarantino so she bought it not knowing what the movie was about and i thanked her and kissed her and i put it in i hated to have to tell her that it was a terrible movie this movie is nothing but violence pornography we're going
0: to be devoting an entire episode to the carnography movement, right. which will be coming
1: out probably in the fall. Now, mind you, I have nothing against violence in oh, movies. Oh, no, no. I mean, I love violence in movies. I know how that makes me sound, but hey, that's just me. But this is a different sort of violence that is just... This movie made me feel slimy after I watched yeah. it. And even though the special effects were kind of cheesy, it
0: was still so uncomfortable to yeah. see through. Because it was all the stuff leading up. Up
1: to yeah. the
0: acts of violence. It's basically like, hey, look, let's watch these
1: people suffer. It, it was a profoundly disturbing movie for me. And, in the negative to... way. Yeah. Because there are movies that disturb you in a, in way... a positive way to make you think and yeah. make you feel. It, so it can be good. But yeah. not the... this was just not gross how... out. Hey, look, we, yeah. put a, we took a bloat horse to this Asian woman's face. I and mean, we're going to eat her eye. For them to make a part two. So we might as
0: well get the plot of the... What was interesting was when I There's called part... up. When I called up the press release for this one, there's a plot. They went to great extremes. They all they talked about was how great a visionary Eli Roth was and they avoided talking about the plot. But the plot is basically this. Remember the first one? Replace all the asshole guys with asshole girls. And repeat. Sad. And the thing that just I kind of sickens me is how I don't think Eli Roth gets it. I don't know if you remember. he gets it. He gets a big paycheck. Oh, no, he gets a big paycheck. I don't know if you remember, after the first one came out, Mm -hmm. there was this big controversy where a lot of the fans were up in arms about the way he had the main characters treat the one character who was questioning his own sexuality.
1: No, I never got that deep into it. Okay. (laughs) Well,
0: there was this, where they were calling him, fag, throwing a lot of anti-homosexual slurs around.
1: Okay. With this
0: person, and there was a big thing about how Like insensitive. They don't
1: have it in real life.
0: But his whole thing was like, well, that's how people talk in real life.
1: Well, they do. He, I don't think. Whether he we really want to believe it or not, or whether we want to acknowledge it or yeah. not, folks, yes, people do talk like that. Yeah, in real people life. do talk like that. My point is, people are coming to him and
0: say, "Well, this is wrong. This is not right." This, you know, he doesn't seem to understand that there are people who find this so profoundly offensive.
1: And it never fails to amaze me how people find. One certain thing offensive or disgusting, but yeah. then something else like that—they don't say anything. Like recently, we just had the whole. This is the political <laughs> section of yeah. the show, folks. We just recently had the Don Lemon thing, right? right? Understand me. I'm not defending okay. Don Lemon. I but understand, he said, and I, but, I will... where, but where were these people who were talking about oh Don Lemon is offensive to black women when Flavor of Love was being
0: okay. aired? Unlike you, and we've had this discussion before, I okay. felt that the Don Imus firing was justified because it was the latest in a long pattern of behavior.
1: But he's been doing it for 30 that's years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's
0: like, you can't say that, that NBC did not give Don Imus every possible chance to mend his way. Yeah. And eventually, once it lost him advertiser, advertisers, they said, that's it. And I think the thing is, Eli Roth doesn't realize... That in making these disgusting pornographic images, mm-hmm. where he's basically just turning people into meat, it's like the equivalent. Okay, exactly. Slasher, we had like nasty ass slasher films when we were kids.
1: Oh sure, right? We had some. What? Oh
0: sure. yeah, particularly some of the later fa- Friday the Thirteenth films, mm-hmm. stuff like Don't Go into the House. Right. Really grotesque, really dehumanizing stuff. Mm-hmm. The way that Roth kind of like just. Grabs. I keep coming back to this thing with the woman and the blowtorch. Yeah. Where he's practically shoving the camera in her face. Yeah. So you can look so lovingly at how damaged this woman is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then to have her eye plucked out. Yeah, and, plucked out and the guy takes the tweezers? aside. Yeah, it's it's mean-spirited. It has a level of
0: depravity. seems to have no respect for the viewer. That we would feel anything for these
1: people. As a filmmaker, do you actually have to go? Have we as viewers become so desensitized to movie violence that we need a movie like this to feel something? You know, and the uh, thing is, I know
0: you and I have talked about the, the Saw films. But I think yeah. s- the Saw films have something more to say other than, oh, hey, yeah. look at this, we're putting a
1: blowtorch in somebody's face. I, well, I've always seen the first one. Yeah. But the Saw moves much better. It has a level of complexity that Hostel just does not have. Yeah. Exactly It's violence porn It's, yeah. it's the equivalent and Of this, pornography movies Where you don't need a plot You just need to have Somebody banging somebody Every five right. minutes And this one Somebody's getting and the know, sad thing is, this cut is Cut up every
0: five this, minutes All the other studios Now want their own pornography yeah. Franchise Which oh. is why we got Touristas Touristas Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know Which is why We got Vacancy Hostile Part 2 Is probably going to make money He wants to make A trilogy of these films and what are you going to say in the third one?
1: And
0: he will. I'm trying to imagine. What possible thing could you say in the second one that's different from the first the one? The same thing he didn't say hey, in the first one. Hey, we get to torture girls now. The
1: same thing he didn't say in the first two. We've spent way much yeah. time on that crap anyway. Let's go to something worthwhile. Well, we're going to skip over Fantastic Four because we're going to give it its own episode. Yeah.
0: Um, this might not be science fiction, fantasy, or horror, but I wanted to bring it up anyway. DOA, Dead or Alive, directed by Corey Yoon, starring uh, Jamie Presley. On oh, I'm there. Well, it, for me, uh, it's... Uh, uh, say no more. Okay. <laughs> for me, it's not that name, but the next name that I'm what? about to say. Devin Aoki. Deadly little miho Nothing wrong with that This is yeah. based on a video game Which means it's gonna be dreadful But I don't practically care With those two who cares Pretty fighting girls get taken to an island And fight each other in revealing outfits what more do you need and when is this coming out again (laughs) sometime in June okay what more do you need to know that's it granted it's gonna be dreadful there's almost never been a video game based movie that has been successful artistically except for first Mortal Kombat film maybe came close and this is dreadful for my goodness sakes come on we're not going to this movie you like
1: Tomb Raider movies
0: you know I'm not a big uh, Angelina Jolie just doesn't appeal to me yeah okay once again, that's one of these things where if I see it in the discount bin, I'm probably actually going to end up picking it up because I've heard that it's not as terrible as I think it is.
1: Well, when you were saying that you don't think there's any been a successful, I probably, I mean, the closest that we've come right. to has been the Tomb Raider movies. Right.
0: Like I said, I think that the closest for me would be the Mortal Kombat film.
1: Okay. The yeah. first one, not uh, that
0: second one, which made not a lick of sense. Oh uh, yeah, but the first one. Next up, this is from New Zealand. Black Sheep. Director is Jonathan King. Stars are Peter Feeney and Oliver Driver. Any relation to Minnie? Uh, I would assume not, since I think Minnie is English and he's New Zealander. Okay. On a vast New Zealand uh, sheep station, a reckless genetic engineering experiment goes horribly wrong, turning sheep into bloodthirsty killers.
1: You gotta be shitting me. (laughs) Hear me out. I remember... See, I'll go see that. <laughs> okay.
0: The just thing to, is, just, you know see I a sheep, this
1: just see a sheep as a bloodthirsty killer. One of my vivid childhood memories. Put down the woolite. Remember, <laughs> remember
0: <laughs> the old fantasy and science fiction magazine? I think it's no longer in existence. You know, the magazine of fantasy and science fiction? Yeah, it's still rare. When I was a kid, my mom bought me a couple of copies. Sheep. One of them. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. One of them featured a novella. With this very same premise. Okay. And it was. I wish I could remember the story and the author. And I guess this is the one place where people might know. So if any sci fi fans ringing a bell, please let me know. Because this was a scary ass novella.
1: Maybe it is the same one. Maybe I mean, it's the same one. Yeah, but because how many people will come up with that idea? Sheep and. See, I'd go see it yeah. just based on that. She, just to see sheep and blood. Here's and something
0: I don't think either of us are going to see. What's that? Director Michael Bay.
1: Oh, man, no.
0: Star, Shia LaBeouf, John Voight, John Turturro, Tyrese Gibson. The film, more than meets the eye, Transformers. You and I have talked about this before. When they were out in the 80s, you were either a Transformer guy oh, G. I. or Joe. a G.I. Joe guy. Yeah. And we were both G.I. Joe I guys. And I was G.I. Joe.
1: This whole thing about... There is something inherently goofy. Alien robots that turn themselves into a boombox. Why would an alien robot turn themselves into a boombox? I don't understand. I
0: don't know. And I know that there are a lot of people who take Transformers very, very seriously. I'm sorry. The idea of robots that turn into
1: other things is inherently goofy to me. I know people online. Mm -hmm. They go on and on about Transformers... And they actually make me nervous Lighten up, man This is robots talking about you First of all, I'm not going to see it because it's Transformers And yes, I'm it's, prejudiced I want my Johnny Quest movie I want my G.I. Joe movie Well, at least I was, we're
0: getting our Speed Racer movie Yes,
1: I want my Speed Racer movie So the Wachowski brothers, too Like, yep. okay. See, I want that Do I want Transformers? No I, Do I want to see Transformers? No No, we don't uh, And I don't want to see it because it's Transformers And because it's Michael Bay, who's I went to see, what was it, Armageddon. I thought I went deaf after seeing That was like the loudest movie I'd ever seen in my life. I don't think he's made a movie. No, 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 He no, made no, no. The Island. The Island? The first half of The Island actually was a pretty damn good movie. When, when it was like the science fiction type of thing. Oh, where Scarlett you Johansson. To... But then when they got to the second half of the movie, <laughs> yeah. which was all action, and Michael Bates started with the explosions and everything like well, that. Well, the thing that awesome. I like to
0: point out about The Island is that it is an uncredited remake of a cheap-ass, low-grade science fiction movie from the 70s called Parts of the Clone of the Clone Star.
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
0: It is a very bald-faced remake of that. And it amazed me that he got away with it. Next up, another film I know I'm not going to see. Okay. Because, just like Pirates of the Caribbean, it just doesn't interest me. My mom loves these movies. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix.
1: So the only one I went to the movie theaters Mm -hmm. to see was the first one. But then the rest of them I waited for D V D. Right. Not that I dislike Harry Potter. I like mm-hmm. Harry Potter, but I don't like him enough to pay right. seven dollars to go to the movies. So I rather wait. Is it wait. just
0: me or are these actors now getting a bit long in the tooth for this?
1: Well that's why they're cranking them
0: out. This is like the second one in two years, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they
1: crank them out like every two years because you they're getting older, their voices are getting mm-hmm. deeper. They have got a you know Daniel Radcliffe's
0: already shown up naked on the London stage yeah. by now.
1: They're well made movies. Right. Well acted, good special effects. I wait until they come on DVD. I rent it. I watch it. I'm satisfied. I don't feel the need to, like, for instance, James Bond. Right. Yeah, I'm okay first yes. day to see James Bond. Harry Potter. i got these fans that go there first day to see it. Right. Him. I'm just not one of them. That's all. I've got nothing against it. And listen, it's great for kids. It's always nice to have something that kids right. can go see, you know, for the summertime. So. Now, next up is something that actually I'm kind of excited
0: about 1408. Okay. Director is Mikhail Hafstrom.
1: You're really good at this, aren't you? Uh, With these funny It's days. a gift.
0: The stars, two of my favorites. Who? John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Oh, I'm so. I'm so. It's
0: based on a Stephen King novella. Mike Enslin, John Cusack, is a best-selling author and a skeptic when it comes to paranormal matters. But a stay in a creepy hotel, locked in the dreaded room 1408... They force him to change his mind.
1: Once again, this is where I'm going to get in trouble with people. Mm-hmm. As if I know I haven't already As a Matter of fact, I I know what happened. Yeah. All the Transformer fans are not listening right, to this exactly. podcast. Anymore. Hey, I'm with I was
0: with you on that one. Because so. they've
1: turned us off already. Right. I, you don't want to see the Transformers. Ah! Now here's where I piss off the Stephen King fans. Stephen King no longer excites me. Mm-hmm. When I used to hear, Well, there's a new movie based on a Stephen King's story I went to see it. But in the last couple of years, and I maybe I think his accident, you know, right. has something to do with it. Well, did, did you did you ever see Kingdom Hospital? Yeah, that was terrible. But you know what the thing is? I think
0: that the accident that he had, I think it's kind of made him want to put something more weighty down. Yeah. You know, to have something more than being just the crazy guy who sold a lot of hard. Right. To be fair, I do think that he is a credible writer. I think sometimes he makes bad choices in what he writes about. Some of my favorite Stephen King written works are the works that have little or nothing to do with the supernatural. Right.
1: Like the story that the Shawshank redemption right. the Shawshank,
0: Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Right.
1: Stand by me.
0: The the body. Right. There was a series of stories. They only he only did like th- three or four of them. Mm-hmm. I think they were kind of his way of tipping the hat to the Black Widowers Club. Yeah. Which was about the dinner club that met in New York. Right. And everyone
1: tell a story. You had to tell yeah. a story about right.
0: something really bizarre. Yeah. One was called the Breathing Method. I remember.
1: Yeah. And of course, the scariest book of his that I ever read was At Pupil. Now that was the most frightening. People who talk about oh the stand or you know At Pupil right. was the most was frightening was the scariest shit he ever wrote. The last few years, I haven't been as excited about Stephen King as I was like 20 years All ago. Well, to be
0: fair, also, I think the when it comes to Stephen King movies, mm-hmm. because there was a period of time, and I can just imagine this, where it's you're on the first wave of your success, and you don't know if it's going to last, so you sell your rights to anybody who wants to buy oh, them. Oh,
1: hell yeah. You, you think I wouldn't? Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> there was a time, I remember, there was like six, seven different Stephen King movies coming out every year. Every year. And yeah, maybe yeah. one of them was good.
1: Every time you turned around, it was a new Stephen King. Yeah. But I'll go see this just for John Yeah, Hussack oh, John Cusack could do no wrong. And Mary McCormick. Is that the one from Battlestar Galactica?
0: I don't know. I Who was plays
1: thinking. the president? Well,
0: well, you see now, I don't watch Battlestar Galactica, so oh, I don't know. Okay. All right. My first thought was that this was the woman who played Howard Stern's wife in Private Parts.
1: I think you're right, yeah.
0: I thought she was a very good actress. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was surprised because I thought he was a
1: good actor. I mean, <laughs> I mean he was, he's,
0: he's expressed an interest in coming back. He was playing yeah. himself, but
1: you know something?
0: That was a much better movie. You know what was funny? I was one of these people. I was a Howard Stern hater until my friend at the time... Mm-hmm. Rob dragged me to see it at the old Worldwide. Oh, yeah, okay. At the time, it was a $3 movie theater. Yeah, a $3 movie theater, that's Where right. they eventually, they, they shut it down because they couldn't support it anymore. Oh,
1: and uh, West 50th Street.
0: West 50th Street, yeah. between 8th go, and 9th. Yeah. I used to
1: go to high school, hmm? right down the street, New York School of Princeton.
0: I became a Howard Stern fan for a while based on that movie.
1: I was really surprised when I saw it. It was a much better movie than I thought And he's good. expressed an interest in going back to acting,
0: but he's said in the past that the roles that he's offered,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he wants to do something different. He doesn't want to play himself again. He wants
1: again. to play a character.
0: You want to know who he almost played? Who? Oh. In Dogma, he almost played the Pope. <laughs> I he can almost see played that. The, the part that eventually went to George Carlin. George Carlin. I can see that. The thing is, of course, it's John Cusack. And John Cusack was in one of my top five favorite movies of all time High Fidelity.
1: High Fidelity, yeah.
0: The film I show to every girl I get seriously involved with so they mm-hmm. understand the collector mentality. Okay. Because women don't understand it. Some women do, but most don't.
1: They understand it as it relates to shoes and hands. Yeah.
0: Hand. John Cusack and Samuel. L. And I'm
1: assuming that now you know, not just alienate the female uh, audience. They say that pig and they pump
0: <laughs> But we're talking about John Cusack's so they'll probably stay off for a little while.
1: I certainly hope so. And
0: I'm assuming that this is the non-shouty character of himself, Samuel L. Jackson, who's going to be showing up for this movie. I
1: hope they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This is a film, and it looks like it's going to be one of these platform releases. We're going to do it a couple of theaters and a couple of a little bit at a time, but it's definitely a film I want to see. Okay. We got one last bit of movie goodness that's coming out at the tail end of July, and this is Skinwalkers. director is James Isaac. Stars are uh, someone who we discussed at some length last time, Mm -hmm. Miss Rona Mitra. The woman who was the original template for Laura Croft. Right. Jason Bear, Kim Coates, and Matthew Knight. In the small town of Huguenot, Timothy, Matthew Knight, approaches his 13th birthday, unaware that the milestone marks the time of his transformation. His mother Rachel, Ronamitra, who must be a real milf in this movie, mm-hmm. fears her son's health is deteriorating, but those around him, those who have guarded him since birth, Note Timothy is a half-blood, and that when the red moon is full, he will finally have the power to control his family's destiny. They also know that Timothy's gift puts his life in grave danger. Why don't you just out and out say it, people? It's a werewolf movie!
1: Because if they did that, then everybody would say, well, nah, I don't want to see that. Because after the flop of Underworld Rising,
0: yeah. I think
1: people are kind of, you know, That
0: franchise is going to continue, even if it's only for direct director oh, yeah, video. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know that. You know, Dale... That's- be going if on they're the going project, to they'd make
0: later this year a third of those horrible, horrible... Oh, oh You know what I'm talking Resident about. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. They're Resident going to make Evil. a third Resident Evil Resident movie for the theaters. There's going to be a third Underworld. The thing is, Underworld and Resident Evil have one thing in common. What's that? Hot babe and a hot outfit.
1: And these things sell on DVDs so phenomenally oh, yeah. well. You want to know something that I found out a few years ago? Bear what? with me here. You know 10 years ago who the number one video rental star was in terms of their movies always being rented? Mike Myers. No, Whoopi Goldberg. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Whoopi Goldberg, even though her movies did not make money in the theaters, they kept making those movies because they knew that once it went to DVD, it would be... Constantly rented Well that's why we have Three Austin Powers movies Right And that's why They do these things Resident Evil They know it's gonna tank Right In the theaters But they know They're gonna make Their money back Through DVD Which is also probably Why we had
0: Crap like Ultraviolet Last year Oh man That thing stunk
1: Isn't that bad? I haven't seen
0: it. No, it's that bad. It is. But
1: I'm surprised because the guy who did Equilibrium. Which is a great film. Which is a fantastic movie, Equilibrium. And that movie got jerked. It came out around the same time as The Matrix. Mm -hmm. And everybody went to see The Matrix and everybody kind of ignored Equilibrium. But for my money, Equilibrium is the better movie. The thing that fascinates me about Equilibrium is that they created an entire martial Art. Yeah, Gun-2. it wasn't like
0: yeah. the Matrix where they were just doing special. They right. developed an entire martial
1: art. That, that's what that they, is logical and works. That's what blows my mind about people, so called movie fans. Who, oh, the Matrix was this and that, and other You know, something? if you've been reading science fiction for 20, 30 years, you've read some version of the Matrix. But Equilibrium actually did something different, and like you said, they created a whole new martial art right. just for this movie. I watched that movie over and over. It was again. I, the thing I like, but it also it was like it was
0: a neat inversion on the society, which is all controlling. Yeah, where it was neat? Whereas usually the whole thing is, you know, people are resisting taking their meds in this one, basically. Yeah. Just, I find and just...
1: you've got Christian Bale who first we saw the intensity right. that he would bring later on to mm-hmm. play Bruce Wayne and Batman and Tay Diggs going at it. Right. I mean one more two incredible fight scenes. Outclassed the Matrix in every kind of it was a shame about that movie. Again, back to the it, werewolves. But it has become like a yeah. cult thing. Yeah. Okay, we're back with the werewolves. Back now? with
0: the werewolves. Does this sound even barely interesting?
1: Uh the
0: weird thing about this is look at the the press release and it sounds like They're trying to do one of those young adult horror books. Yeah. Where things are not really going to be all that scary.
1: I'll probably wait until I see this on pay-per-view or DVD. Yeah. There's nothing else to rent. that It goes on that list. That ends July,
0: which means that we are at the end of this particular period.
1: Okay. We got
0: some crap next time, though, starting in August. We do? We got Underdog. We got the 15 billionth remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
1: Again Again. Don't they get tired of remaking that movie They've remade it what about four times
0: now And keep in mind also We'll probably be covering August to October But we're going to get all those Weird, crappy films that the theater didn't know what to do with, so they're going to dump it there.
1: Yeah, they've got to dump that because on the other, know, yeah. they've got the major four releases, yes, the, the prestigious stuff right. that they want to put out before the Oscars. But on the know. other
0: hand, we're getting the Halloween remake. Okay, from, well, uh, Rob
1: Zombies. Although they're
0: <laughs> releasing it on August thirtieth. Once again, folks, what the? Fuck? No, you
1: you release it on Halloween.
0: <laughs> there you go. But just hope, guys. If any of this stuff, once again, as I like to remind people, when any of these things sounds like it's something you're interested in, that goes for you Transformers freaks. Don't listen to what we said.
1: Who cut us off a half hour Go without.
0: out and have fun at the movies.
1: Have fun. Folks.
0: Enjoy yourself.
1: And we're out of here.
0: That's right, and if you want to yell at us about how can we be so cruel as to say that <laughs> to the, the Transformers, Transformers <laughs> suck, please drop us a line at Better. N the dark, that's better, the letter N, the dark, at gmail.com. And as I think we've talked about, if we get enough of these things, we'll do an entire episode where we'll answer your questions. So if you got a question, you want to yell at us, you want to do anything, just give us a yo dog and we'll get back to you.
1: Yo dog, I like
0: that. One of our few fans wanted you to say yo dog. <laughs> so and, I, and you just and fell I, And I just did. Hey, there you go. Me, Derek Ferguson. Did. So, once again, folks, take care of each other. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye. You
0: You've been listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go to Rotten Tomatoes at www.rottentomatoes.com and the Hollywood Saloon at www.hollywoodsaloon.com. Extra special thanks go out to Carrie Ann Lebranch, who got her Yo! Dog Wish today. Better in the Dark has plenty of other stories about celebrities who no longer make movies, but we're getting kind of catankerous in our old age, so we're not going to tell you them. Previous episodes for the show can be downloaded from betterinthedark.podomatic.com. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, and pipe bombs to betterinthedark at gmail.com. That's better, the letter N, the dark, at gmail.com. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation. All material is copyright Thomas D.J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, please don't accept travel advice from a cute Eastern European in your car if you're a dumb American jackass.